This evening I'm going to bring a message from one of those passages that we just looked at from the 19th chapter of John, beginning at verse 14 through verse 22. John 19, 14. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? Chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. And he delivered him to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away, and he Bearing his cross, went out to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him with two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this title. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. It was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin. Therefore, the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Our gracious Father, we ask that you would send your spirit upon us freshly, Lord, we pray that you would be high and lifted up this evening and draw us all to yourself. And Spirit, illuminate the Holy Scripture that you have given through holy men of old. Let us see the glory of the risen Christ, and so be changed from glory to glory into his likeness. So come upon this, the preaching of your word now, and upon our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This past Lord's Day on Palm Sunday, we looked at the grand entrance of the king into his city, Jerusalem. And we looked at the way he entered and the context around that time of the nature of the kingdom of God here on earth, the nature of that king, and the nature of the kingdom was unlike what the Jews had been looking for. For he came in humility, he came to serve, he came in holiness, and he came in love and to love. And the way that he came exhibits the very character of God. Tonight we look at the day that Jesus became king here on the earth. And we must keep the nature of the kingdom together along with his victory. How he defeated the kingdoms is indicative of the nature and the character of his kingdom and is now how his kingdom grows. The meaning of the cross. This is the day that Jesus became the king. Here on the earth. This is the day of victory and not of defeat. 
All four of the Gospels give us the narrative of Jesus' life leading up to the very moment that we now commemorate in time. Their narratives explain what for centuries God had been revealing to His people that would take place and what He wanted to do here. God created this world for His glory. It is a place that He delighted to create in order to dwell here among His creation. It was a place where heaven and earth come together and where God dwells with His creation in a delightful way. God created this world good and He loved this world dearly. And He created man in His image to stand at the threshold between heaven and earth. And we should never doubt that God loves this place called earth and that He loves us When man sinned against God, then the dark powers took over this creation for a time. We have a great cosmic battle in the antithesis between the serpent and his seed against God and the woman's seed. At Babel, we saw these dark forces gathering together the humanity to rise up in unity against God, but God comes down and He scatters them until the appointed time. And now on this day, was that appointed time for God to overthrow those dark, malignant powers. Each of the four Gospels provides us narratives of all of the dark forces in league with all the human establishments and kingdoms that gather together, and they unify their focus against Jesus, the Son of God, the seed of the woman. And when God said that even the wrath of men will praise Him, we see that evidenced in the sign that hung above Jesus' head. Jesus is the King of of the Jews. While Pilate meant that quite mockingly, it was actually the truth. This was the day and the place when Jesus became king here on earth, and a new kind of kingdom was inaugurated. And if you interpret the kingdom of God as merely a political kingdom to overthrow Rome, or some other political kingdom, then you will interpret the cross as a defeat and you will miss its power. But if you see it for what it really is, there is tremendous power in teaching in it that instructs us how to be true image bearers of our Creator God. I would like for us to consider briefly five points in the context of John's crucifixion narrative. And first of all, the place, the place is Jerusalem, city of God. It's the place which is the center of the world for this grand event. The city has been the focal point of God's activity among His people. Jerusalem is where the temple was built 
where heaven and earth come together figuratively. And where the Jews made their pilgrimage three times a year to celebrate God and His work among them. Where the high priest would once a year enter into the great and sacred holy of holies behind the veil to make atonement for Israel. While it had been occupied by the Jews since the 14th century, it had been invaded by the Greeks under Alexander the Great in 332 B.C. Under the Greek influence, the Jews became Hellenized. The Greeks, with their world-renowned philosophers, brought a way of thinking to the empire. Then in 63 B.C., the Roman general Pompey invaded and captured Jerusalem. And it would be the Romans, the last of those great kingdoms that Daniel prophesied, who would bring the infrastructure and the structure of the forms of government and the brute force then to greatly expand the borders of the empire. When Jesus was born, the area had the spirit of the Jews, the mind of the Greeks, and the body of the Romans. And Jerusalem was the center of focus of all these worldly influences and powers. When Jesus became king that day, the whole world was informed clearly so that all could read. And the banner over his head was in each of the three languages that represented the world at that time, in Hebrew, and in Greek, and in Latin. The place was Jerusalem. Secondly, the time was the Passover. Jesus chose this specific time on the Jewish calendar to identify and explain what he was doing. The Passover echoes back to the time when God's people were in slavery to the Egyptians, held in bondage under the dark forces of Pharaoh. In the Exodus narrative leading up to the Passover event, there was an amassing of the dark forces represented by each of those plagues. Each plague was directly against each of the Egyptian gods that they worshipped at the time. And while the confrontation grew intense between Moses and Pharaoh, between the Egyptians and the Hebrews, God intends for us to see behind it all. There were dark and spiritual supernatural forces at work. The Passover for the Hebrews was a releasing event. The firstborn lamb was killed and blood spread over the lintel and the doorpost of the Hebrews. But that night, God went through and killed the firstborn of all the Egyptians. It was going to be by the death of a firstborn that He would deliver His people. It was through the death of that firstborn lamb that was set aside by the Hebrews that 
God's people were redeemed and they were released and they were delivered. And through this Passover event, God led His people out of Egypt. He then baptized them in the Red Sea. And He gave them the life-giving sustenance of the heavenly bread. They all drank out of the rock, which the New Testament says was Christ. And the Passover event was the event that defeated the dark forces of Pharaoh and his armies. So now Jesus chose the time of the Passover to identify in reality what was before only symbolized. He would confront Pharaoh and Herod at his birth, and now Pilate at his death. The Jews themselves, now in league with the Romans, were gathering together at Jerusalem at Passover. The spiritual forces of darkness led by Satan himself, they were amassing their collective powers, and as in all of the Gospels we see this gathering up and this focus of the intensity that's rising for this occasion. And they all collectively nailed Jesus, the Messiah, to the cross. Brings me to the third point, the means by which Jesus became the King cross. That's what our boast is in. Our boast is in the cross. The Passover was efficacious through the death of the firstborn. So the release of God's people from all of the dark forces and their enemies would come about through the death of God's only begotten Son, who would then in days to come be called the firstborn from the dead. cross is where everything converges. It is what the dark forces in league with the nations and the worldly establishments conspired together to do to the Son of God. The cross is where the declaration was made to the world, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And the Jews were not merely the Hebrew descendants. They represented all of God's people from all of the nations in fulfillment to God's covenant with Abraham that through his seed, all of the nations would be blessed. So the message goes out to all of the world that this kingdom is the final kingdom. This kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. As man was created in the image of God, you stand at that dangerous intersection between heaven and earth. Now Jesus, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, restores man's rightful place in God's creation once again. The veil in the temple, which stands at the threshold, the intersection between heaven and earth, was rent from the top to the bottom when 
In the reality, the body of Christ was crucified upon the cross. Now the Scripture informs us that the image of God and His people has now been restored in the body of Christ. For it says in Hebrews 10, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. The image of God in man was restored. Man can now enter boldly into the presence of God to fellowship with Him in Christ. And in Christ, He can go and leave the place of glory and then in Christ take Him out into the world of darkness to illuminate and beautify the world once again. The world that God so loves. The cross is where God gained the victory in His Son by defeating the dark forces that have ruled on the earth here. And it is the place where man is restored in favor with God so that man can once again fulfill the vocation of being an image bearer and to worship his Creator in love and fellowship and praise. It's notable that all of this takes place here on earth, the world that God loved. Why did all this happen? What motivated God? the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to do this wonderful thing here upon the earth. And the fourth point here is the motive for this kingdom is love. It was God's love for this world that He sent His only begotten Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. It was for love's sake that Christ died upon the cross to give us life. And to give us life abundantly, that our joy may be full. God loves this world, and He has from the very start. And He has not stopped loving this world. And He never will stop loving this world. He created it. And He is redeeming it. It is this love that motivated Him to fix it and to make everything that is wrong here right. And He is in the process of doing that. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He has not given up on this world. He has not finished with this world. He will restore all things here. God is invested here. He will be faithful to fulfill all of His promises. He loves you and this world. That is why you will have a resurrection here. And heaven comes down here. His love is the character of the kingdom. And as His kingdom grows... Love will become more of the character of the world again. And the fifth point is the results. What are the results of the cross 
now that Jesus has died. God so loved the world and He gave His Son to die for it so that it would become a new creation. That is its results. When Christ died upon the cross and three days later was raised again from the dead, this world has never been the same. Do you believe that? It was not that the kingdom of Satan continues to grow up alongside of the kingdom of God, but that the kingdom of God now grows like leaven that will leaven the whole lump. Like the little seed of mustard that will grow into a tree until the the birds find their nest there and we find our shelter underneath its shade. It was that the kingdom of God is now growing at the expense of the kingdom of Satan, For Christ is the strong man who has come in to bind Satan and plunder his goods here because these goods have been our Lord's from the beginning. But do you believe that? When Christ rose from the grave, He established now what is beginning the new heavens and the new earth, this new creation. For if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. A new creation. Behold, all of the old things have passed away and all things have become new. All things have become new. A new heaven and a new earth space that once again, Adam, the last Adam, that is, and his people will fulfill their vocation as the image, as royal priests, So that as the waters cover the sea, so the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth. The earth and fallen humanity is redeemed by suffering. It is restored through hardships. And it is renewed through tribulations. Jesus has now entered His glory And we follow now in the work here that still remains. So fix your eyes of faith and your heart on Jesus. Rest in His provision. Labor in His work. And through the sowing, and when the sowing is even in tears, folks, we will come again rejoicing and bringing our sheaves with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for the power of the gospel. We thank you for the power that was in the cross. We thank you for the power of shattering all of the dark forces and the enemy that stands against the seed of the woman that he has crushed the serpent's head. How thankful we are that We now dwell in Him and He in us. That in Him we have the victory over all the things that this world threatens. We have the victory over death itself and the promise of glory and eternal life in our resurrection. So Lord, we ask that You would freshen us in the Gospel this day and strengthen our faith in all these things. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.